Waz, I didn't even know that he liked pets. I mean, you have been on anti-pet the whole existence of our friendship. And I feel like Waz has been your co-pilot on like, you don't understand pets as, as someone who is a longtime dog owner. I don't I don't understand this. Now, this is what he claims now is that it was about dogs. He's like, oh, no, dogs are what I always thought. I never said anything about any other pets, but I'm just kind of like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, too, was shocked by his change of face right like i thought what Wait, what's going on here and he's trying to play it off and stuff like oh no you know i would just figured i was just gonna go get something it would be i don't even mess with it that's my favorite part he said oh i don't even mess with it like it just every once in a while pet it but it does its own thing and i said brother you got like 800 pictures of you and the cat's in your lap and the cat's and you're snuggling up on it and doing videos watching the cat play. That's why I thought you even started talking about it because I'm like the ultimate cat woman. Well, it started because my cat made a, an appearance and Tom's like, make sure she hangs around for the Zoom. So sweet. So my little girl passed away in November and it was like, I mean, it's still like the toughest thing. But that's the only thing that's not great about pets is they don't outlive you, you know, mm -hmm. but the time you have with them is like the best time ever. Like I wouldn't change it for the world. Did you have that cat for like 10 years or something? No, I actually, I adopted her when she was nine at the shelter. So I volunteer at the shelter with the cats. That's why I said I'm the crazy cat lady. <laughs> oh, you're in it. You're in it, Rachel. So she was there for like two and a half years and she got adopted a couple times and returned and just was like having a really rough time at the shelter. So I took her home and was the most amazing cat. So I had her almost five years, like a little over four years. Are cats like dogs, like in dog years, cat years? Is it, does it work like that? They live a little longer than dogs generally. Yeah, but it also like depends. Like when she passed, actually, she it happened really suddenly and within six hours was just gone, like got a blood clot and that was it. Ugh. I feel like dogs, you normally have more of like a warning sign kind of when it's coming. Cats, their instincts and all of that, they like hide illness really well. Oh, wow. And so it comes out a lot of times too late to, to fix. I can go on for hours. <laughs> Rachel, I put my dog down in September. Oh, I'm sorry. He was 13 years old. So just you talking about it, just it's a great way to start the podcast. Ah! <laughs> You're enjoying your day. Everything's going your way. Then along comes Debbie Downer. Always here to tell you about a new disease, a car accident, or killer bees. We beg her to spare you, Debbie, please. But you can't stop Debbie Downer. Are you going to get kittens? Are you going to get another foster cat? You got plans for the future? So you know what's been crazy? So my neighbor's cat is indoor-outdoor. And um, the house I bought a house in Texas in 2020, in October 2020. And I've always known of this cat, but he's never like come over or anything. So about two weeks after she passed, um, the neighbor's cat now comes over every day and hangs out with me. So it's wild. I feel like she sent him or talked to him. And um, so, yeah, so he comes over. Like, I feel like I'm co-parenting now with my neighbor. <laughs> Look at Maze's face. Look at Maze's face. Just so proud. Look at Amin's face. Amin's like about to say something very problematic. I can Amin's tell. like, yes. I'm so yes, over is. this conversation. Like, <laughs> No, no, no. You know, I have a ring camera outside my house. And there's a cat that shows up every goddamn night, like at two in the morning. My alert goes off and I look and I check what's going on outside. And it's just a cat and the cat's looking at the ring. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here, man. Every night. Every night. I don't know what it is. He wants to say what's up. Yeah. One of these days, you're just going to have to open the door and say hi. You never know. Come during business hours. This could be your cat. The cat is literally doing nothing to bother you. It just is saying hello. <laughs> it's triggering my ring at two in the morning that's what it's doing to bother me yeah imagine that and you're like motion detected like oh shit what's happening and like you said is there a break-in you look and it's just a cat and it's just standing there it's just standing there staring i'm like i turn on the little mic like get out of here go but if you ever do end up going out there you got to give us an update no that's not gonna happen oh come on <laughs> yeah so you think there's something cosmic there that your neighbor's cat is coming to console you and, and be there for you i absolutely do the timing was just like impeccable. And I feel like she sent me little signs. Um, she actually passed on exactly my angel number, which was wild to me. Um, and then the vet who helped her, 
did like his school in Akron, which is where I grew up. So there was just like all of these little signs. Just a vet from Akron. <laughs> yeah. Frankie is, is the cat's name who comes over. Sometimes when he meows, I like think it's her. Anyway, now that we just turned this podcast into an animal show. <laughs> Welcome to the Haber Show. I'm Tom Haberstro. Welcome to the Haber Show. I'm Tom Haberstro. That's Amin Al Hassan. Hey Rachel, thanks for joining us. We we had a little scheduling snafu and we we got it straightened down. It worked out. Um, I am so glad to have you on the Haber Show. You are a social media star, influencer. You work with the NBA, Caesar Sports. We're going to talk about that. You've got over a million followers on Instagram, 300 some thousand on TikTok. I think I would be an Instagram star. I just have just pictures of my daughters now. And so I feel like uh, I should probably get on that. Maybe you can give me some tips on how to get a million followers on social media. But more importantly, you're just a kid from Akron suburbs. I am. And you played at Old Dominion. Well, Monarchs. I would say you've got the longest career of celebrity games, probably. <laughs> no, Kevin Hart got her beat. Kevin Hart does have me beat. But who's counting, right? Kevin Hart played in like the first one in 1950. Did he lead his team in scoring? I don't know. <laughs> he has. But then like towards the later years, he's decided he wanted to be more of a distributor. That's his words, not mine. Yeah. He definitely like played it up and started making it into a show towards the end. I have a celebrity game question for you. In 2018 in LA, you played in that game. Tom, how much you score? She scored 17. Was it? She dropped like 17, but again, who's counting? I had 17. Listen though, there was this one three, you know how NBA three from the corner is just like that very small margin to the, to the sideline. Sideline. Yep. So my heel touched it and I made this three and the ref ended up calling it like no good. And I'm kind of pissed because I would have had a solid 20 and been leading scorer of the entire game if, if they would have counted that. And I'm like, come on, it's a celebrity game. You can give me like. Yeah. What a nerd ref. Right. Like, That's what I'm on, saying. Man. Let us slide. <laughs> my lasting memory of that game more than anything was that I would absolutely hate to play basketball with Justin Bieber. <laughs> he was a nut. One on five every single time doing that lame little crossover he does between his legs, looking like a little kid, like back and forth, back and forth. Then like just launching the most insane shots. And I remember I was behind the bench and I was like, Rachel, Rachel, you got to you got to cut him. You got to cut him. Nichols you're talking about. Yeah. Until Rachel Nichols, you got you got to pull him. And Rachel looked at me like, it's a TV show. It's not a right. basketball game. I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> Turns out, turns out the people want to see Beaver do this shit. Oh, and shout out to Rachel for playing as much as she did too. <laughs> Man, she should have played you more. I blame Rachel. I blame Rachel. <laughs> and I blame television for not right. for not getting you more shine and more touches because Beaver. Oh my god. So I'm not gonna ask you who the worst person you've ever played with was because I think I know the answer and I don't want to put you on the spot for that. But I want to ask you who's the best player or the most fun you've ever had playing with someone in a celebrity game. Okay. There's a little bit of a range. Non-pro athlete division. You can't, you can't say, oh, playing with the T-Mac was fun. Like, no, you got to pick someone who is not famous for playing basketball. Okay, I was going to say Jason Williams or Nate Robinson, but since I can't say that, well, Jason Williams just has the best passes and he just knows how to set up a shooter. So I was going to say that. Um, but otherwise, I would say, so I play in a celebrity game at the Final Four every year and there are these professional dunkers who play with us so there's normally one on each team oh yeah yeah jonathan clark is one of them so in my last celeb game so they actually pushed it back to september so we were in atlanta for it was just like a belated final four because of covid and whatnot but i threw two in-game lob passes to dunks in my last game and like to me obviously that was something i didn't really have the chance to do during my basketball playing career so i have like more hype about throwing lobs than i am you know even like scoring in the ball myself. What a great teammate. I mean, you'd rather get the lob pass than actually finishing the dunk. That's just a great teammate. It's so hype. There was this one I threw from half court and he came across the baseline. I don't even know how he got it. It was like a go-go gadget arms. I threw it a little bit too high. Or you were like Jason Kidd. Like, I'm going to throw this thing because I know that guy's going to dunk it. And I gave him the nod. Like, I 
gave him a little nod like oh, here we go and I threw it from half court I'll send you guys the clip because that was one of my favorites and then there was another one that I think was just like from the wing it was like a little shorter in, but it was two in-game lobs so I was pretty hype about that so how many celebrity games have you played and there's there's a couple all-star NBA all-star games there's a couple final four games how many are we talking here yeah, so I, I did two NBA All-Star games. I, I feel like I softly retired from NBA All-Stars after LA because I just, it was in LA. It was like, it was the best year. I had my jersey customized, my shoes customized. Like it was just, yeah, I was feeling myself that year. Um, <laughs> but I do play at the Final Four every year. Shaq is my coach. So it's normally Shaq and Charles Barkley as the two coaches. And it's kind of more of like a family-friendly environment. I feel like there's less pressure in those games, but they're always so much fun. I actually just love playing at them. Um, love working with Shaq. We've done like a million things together. This last game, uh Dominique Wilkins was the other coach because uh, Chuck couldn't make it. So that was cool. Magic Johnson was a coach one year. And then we had Ben Wallace and Rip Hamilton playing in the last game. So there's always just like a good mix of celebrities, like musicians, um, actors, NBA legends. And I think this year at Final Four, which will be in New Orleans, is my sixth year playing in that game. Wow. But that one's really fun. If you guys are at Final Four, come check it out. <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about Shaq being a coach as someone who's worked with Shaq? Well, I would say, first of all, how many times do you have to ask him to repeat himself because he talks so low? So they mic him up for that game so <laughs> you can hear him. Yeah. <laughs> so you can hear the trash talk between like the, the two teams and stuff. It's really fun. <laughs> well, I worked for Phoenix when we traded for Shaq. And like the first week, he wouldn't talk. Everything was just like hand motions and so, like, if he wanted gum, he would go, like, and I'm like, Wait, you want, you're hungry? What's that, like, What's that about? Like talk, Why would talk, he do it that? Like talking to, it was like talking to Lassie. What is it, boy? What you want? Is there someone Is there someone stuck in the well? Like, just keep doing Oh, you want gum? And then I went and brought the gum, and he threw it at me. He's like, what is this bullshit? I'm like, what, he's got gum. He's like, big red. I only chew big red. So I went and I had to get him Big Red. And then the next game, he was like, no, no, actually, I like that Orbit gum you gave me last time. <laughs> <laughs> Jack's a weird guy, man. He's a strange guy. I feel like he still does some of those hand motions, though, now. That's who he is, man. He's like, he's, he's, I tell people all the time, whatever you see on TV, I guarantee you, he's so much weirder in person. He's such a strange guy. It's funny as hell, but. It's so different. I always feel like when I see him on TV, that's when I know like Shaq is putting on the show versus like when the cameras are off, he's he's a completely different person. Um who who among the people that you've interacted with, whether they're in basketball or celebrities of another nature, have you felt like, wow, I really thought you were like this and I realized you're completely different when not on camera? Well, firstly, to talk about Shaq, one little side note, he does give great like life advice too, which is something like as we continue working together, he's like been a mentor to me and I've really appreciated that. Like he's gotten serious a couple times or could tell if I was like down or whatever and kind of given me that, which I think is really cool. Maybe somebody who is like a little different than their persona, maybe Doris Burke. Really? No, but like in a good way. Like she's one of the coolest people ever. <laughs> But she cool like, on camera too. She is, but I think I think it's different for me. So there are some TV personalities that I've met who keep that same voice in real life. And I'm sometimes just like, like, yo, you can turn it off. Like I'm a real human. <laughs> we can just chat. You know what Rachel, I mean? Rachel, it's good to see you here yeah. at the Madison Square Garden. <laughs> exactly. Like there's some of that. And so I kind of like when they're able to just like put their guard out. And I remember seeing her, um, she was recording for one of the 2K games and she like came in like fresh face, no makeup. First of all, she's beautiful and she's beautiful on television too. But just seeing her just like in casual clothes, whatever, I guess I've just always seen her like super polished and like yeah, the voice it. and the whatever. Um, and to have that interaction was cool because there's other TV personalities who keep that kind of whatever oh wait I have one more actually too and I know he's crazy but the person who like 
scared me the most, but like also in a good way, is uh, KG. Oh, yeah. He's the most intense person I've ever met in my life. And I remember the first time I met him, he's like, So you a hooper? And I was like, Yeah. Well, that didn't sound too confident. Like, are you or are you not? You're like, Jesus, we just (laughs) met. Like, why are you coming at me like this? He does his volume doesn't end at 10, it's just always at eleven. Always. He's always at eleven. I was also like laughing, but also like wildly intimidated. Um, but he's also super cool. I sent Amin and Mays a clip of you catching a pass from Jerry Ferrara, who's a friend of the program. Yeah. And Amin got real upset because he's like, this is why I hate celebrity games is that they don't play defense. They're all past half court. And yeah. No, 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 no. Look, look, there's a difference. Don't play defense. Like, oh man, someone went by me. That's all right. It's a celebrity game. It's not that serious. But like y'all are in the, in the front court here. There are two dudes who are on the side of half court. It wasn't a fast break, right? They just like chilling back there. The third dude is like 40 feet away. Like he's on this side of the half court line, but he's he's lifted way higher than the three-point line. There's the smallest dude in the paint guarding like two seven-footers. <laughs> and then there's the dude who uh, I guess was supposed to cl- close out on you and he just kind of looked at you. And then after you shot, then he starts to close out. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, oh, was it B dot? Was it that long three? No, no, it wasn't B dot. No, this was in the corner. Yeah. And you hit a long three against B dot. I saw that one. Yeah. I like pass faked. And then I was like a couple feet behind the three point line. That's like one of my favorite shots. And then I just launched it and it went in. But was it like a pump fake one dribble from the corner? It was Jerry drove and. Oh, and the, kicked the out. Guy- and then he, he hits you with a kind of a, a quick pass to the corner, and to the strong corner, and then you you hit the shot right there, catch and shoot. But it was just like, I, you know, like at first I'm looking at it, I was like, wow. I mean, it was a nice play by Jerry, nice shot by you. And I'm like, something's wrong. No, you know, no, like, you didn't, where you are didn't all the say nice pass. You I didn't say, say I didn't nice say pass. No. You didn't say nice Dude, shot. I, this is my, this <laughs> all is my you internal wrote monologue. Was, see, this is why I hate celebrity games. It's my internal monologue, bro. I'm not going to tell you everything that goes in my head. It's like sometimes I, I gotta I gotta think these things through because I was looking at them like something's wrong with this picture. And then I realized, why are there so many white shirts? And I realized the red jerseys are all the way over there. I'm like, oh at least jog, man. Like make it look a little bit. This see, this is the problem that happened with the, the real all-star game, right? Is that it turned into, yeah, no one's playing real defense. Yeah, I'm, I get it. It's an all-star game. To it turned into Guys just standing there watching people lay it up. And, like, at some point, you have to have some minimal level of defense for the offense to look cool, for the game to be fun. Otherwise, it's just shoot around in the open gym. Okay, I I think I know why. I think reason number one, there's this, like, unspoken rule that nobody's going to get hurt. Like, because we've even talked about in the locker room, like, if we all walk out of here and nobody's injured, because we're all adults now, you know, if nobody's injured, it's it's a win for all of us. You know what I mean? So I think that's one thing. And secondly, there's so many different skill levels in the celeb all-star game, which is like, you know, there are some people who can really hoop, but then it's like a thin line of like, do you want the biggest celebrities or do you want people who can really play? So I think there's just always this like weird imbalance. And then when it comes to the end of the game, the people who are playing the best just are trying to get MVP. So then those people start going hard and maybe like not passing as much. I will say in the NBA game, there's it's a lot of like one-on-one ball more than the final four game that I've played. So. Or one-on-five if your name is Bieber. <laughs> He did drop a nice dime to uh, to Rachel on one play. Uh huh. Bieber. Yeah, must have been an accident. It was a fast break. Yep. And Mark Jones even said he was with Bradley Beal, and Mark Jones was like, "Hey, I got to tell you, Brad. I got to admit, Bieber can fly. Like Bieber's fast down the floor." And he was running the fast break, and then did a little dish to to Rachel. Uh, got to got to tell you, Rachel, you're a great off ball cutter. You you always are either. They're watching you at the three-point line, but you kind of sneak behind the defense and you're always getting nice nice layups at the rim, as long as Bieber's looking for you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Let me ask you this on that note, because you played for ODU, the Lady Monarchs. It's like a historic program, a powerhouse program. Nancy Lieberman went there. Uh, like the, the list goes on and on as far as great players. 
I'm not well versed on your high school basketball career. How how nice were you in high school? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Give me accolades. I think I saw that she was a McDonald's All-American nominee, perhaps. Is that true? Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I was. So in high school, I started playing ball when I was 10. And I, I was a gymnast before that. And so then after I quit gymnastics, I just tried like all sports and I actually was naturally horrible at basketball. Like I was a great runner. Really? I was good at softball. Like I was naturally a beast at softball. I played third base. And, but you know, when you're a kid, you just do the sport that you love the most. And I just loved basketball. So I just worked my ass off and got better and better. And then my goal was to go division one. And so I started playing AU ball in seventh grade and then by my eighth grade year was on one of the best teams in the state and we won AU nationals my sophomore summer of high school wow damn yeah that was cool that's probably like one of my my coolest moments in like youth basketball played for two different high schools we were both like state ranked teams both had like too much ego (laughs) and didn't get there (laughs) didn't win but yeah I was I was nominated for McDonald's All American my senior year. How many offers did you get coming out of high school? So what's funny is nobody in my family played sports or ever played sports in college. So we were so naive to that whole process. So when all of these letters and stuff started coming in, first of all, I didn't even watch college basketball. I was like a hooper, and I but I didn't care much about anything else. I was just working on my own game. So then I had to start watching. And then when we started going on like visits and stuff, it was just that whole process was new. So I had quite a few, but Old Dominion was definitely the biggest that I had. We were ranked 11th in the country at the time and Coach Wendy Larry was there too. So you went to ODU and like you really didn't know, oh, this is a big deal. This isn't like going to Ohio University or, you know, University of Akron. Or- which I, yeah, which I got recruited by. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You go there, you're like, oh, yeah, Old Dominion. Sounds cool. I like the visit. I like the coach. And it wasn't until you got there where you realized, oh, wait a second. This is like going joining a dynasty program. Yeah. It, and I think there was also a lot of things, like negative things that I didn't understand. Because I never actually wanted to play professional basketball. I knew I wanted to play in college, but I had no dreams of like going to the WNBA. Was that? I don't know. I just, I didn't want to. And I don't know if it was something. You wanted to get a full ride, right? You wanted to go to college and get a full ride and and play who? I guess to me, in my mind, it's like you're really good in high school and you go to a really, really good college program. At some point you got to say, fuck, like, you know, I, I have this conversation with NBA players all the time. I say, what was the point when you realized, man, I might be able to make it to the NBA? Because I'm not talking about obviously guys like LeBron and who were like gods throughout everything. I'm talking about like like John Collins, for instance, Tom. Like I, I, John Collins, I said to him, when did you know you were going to be an NBA player? He said, well, I kind of thought, oh, it'd be nice. But, you know, it's like that sounds like such a far-off dream. And then he said like midway through his freshman year, like his coach said, you know what? You keep this up. You can be a first-round draft pick. And he was like, what? Uh, Donovan Mitchell's another one. Donovan Mitchell came out in the draft and he – he told us, he was like, yo, you think I'm going to go first round? I said, Donovan, you're going to go lottery. What are you talking about? And then, obviously, he went lottery. I saw him at Summer League, and he's like, I still can't believe it. So everyone kind of has that moment of like, yo, I know I'm good. I know I'm good enough for this, but wait a second. Is it possible that I could be really, really, really good? Like good enough to be one of the few who do this for a living, uh, you know, here or they here or abroad. And so it's, it is surprising. I'm shocked, Rachel, because like I said, like you had a really good high school career. You go to one of the best programs in the country. At no point are you like, hey, let's see where this goes. I think it was because like I've always been a hooper, but I've always had a lot of different interests. So when I, like I said, even when I was playing basketball, I'd spend probably six hours total a day, like working on my game or working out in some capacity. And then I'd come home and watch like entertainment news. And I always knew like the TV hosting was kind of what I wanted to do. And I also really loved that. And I think though, and like I say, we were really naive to the recruiting process and like what college basketball and division one sports in general entailed. Um, 
that's why maybe I wouldn't have chosen to go to ODU if I knew that like I would just be working on my game. You're good. You're human. You're human, Rachel. This happens. But what I, what I don't know if Amin knows is that you walked away from ODU after your freshman year. I did. You walked away from basketball straight up. Yeah. Mm. So that was one of the things when I went on my official visit and when I talked to the coaches, um, I didn't realize that I wouldn't be able to study what I wanted to while playing basketball. So basically when I got there, because when they're recruiting you, they tell you everything you want to hear. They show you only the good things. Um, I actually didn't even meet that many girls who were going to be on the team. The two coaches I liked the best, the two assistant coaches happened to be gone when I got there. It was like the main reason I was going there was for these assistant coaches. And then all of a sudden they're not there, which I didn't know that was a thing that happened also in college sports. Rachel, but you're a student athlete, not an athlete student. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if, if that's true for all division one programs. Maybe it's different now. <laughs> Maybe, but that's why that's why I look back and like, okay, maybe if it was a smaller Division One program or if it was an Ivy League school because I was um, getting recruited by them. But then, Ivy League isn't a full ride, so I wouldn't change anything because obviously I'm in the the place where I want to be now, and I'm really happy. But what was the program you wanted to do? The the uh, academic program you were trying to do? Journalism broadcast journalism and so basically they were like, okay, well that doesn't fit with practice schedule and what the other girls are taking. So I majored in or started communications but even the classes that I had to take like the basic like you know those like core classes mm-hmm. that you need to take when Intro, you but yeah. yeah um were not classes that I would choose but the other girls wanted to do those and they were very easy like I was a very academic person I feel like from day one I also got an offer to be an intern at ESPN radio but obviously couldn't take that because of practice so I I just felt like there was there were these opportunities that I was missing out on. And I was like, I could stay here for four years and be a fantastic basketball player and then and try to figure out my career or I could step away now and go for it. That's a really mature way to look at things. I mean, like I'm, th- I'm thinking about myself at 19 years old and I've played basketball and been a star in high school and to walk away at, at 19 years old and say, you know what? I'm good on that. I'm going to transfer out of ODU. That's like- I hear what she's saying though. She's saying like, her dream was to do this, to be in journalism. And so now that becomes an, uh, an impediment, whereas it was sold to her that, oh, you can do both, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, it makes sense. So I, I, I applaud you, man, for like having the guts to go after what you want to do. That's what it is. It's having the guts to go after what you want to do when people might be saying to you, how could you pass this up? You're at ODU, like. Coach Larry, like, come on, just stick it out another year and see how it goes. And you're like, you know what? I'm doing this for me. No, absolutely. And thank you. Um, I feel like to this day, it was still one of the hardest decisions I've had to make. And it was this whole like identity crisis that I had at 19 because my whole life was always centered around basketball. And all I did was train all day. And like, that was my goal. And so kind of shifting and being okay with that. And I actually didn't pick up a basketball for four years after. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. So I just like, it it was too much like of a, of a heartbreak for me. And I actually tried going, so I transferred to American university. I tried going to watch one of the basketball games there and like just walked into the arena and just started crying. I was like, I gotta go. Like I can't, Oh wow. I can't like face this yet. You know what I mean? So I needed kind of that clean break of, no basketball. And then the day that I did pick up a ball, like I said, like three and a half, four years later, I just went to a gym by myself because in my mind, I was like, there's no way I can shoot anymore. I probably suck now. I don't want anybody around to see this. And then I started shooting. I was like, wait a second, I can still do this. You know, (laughs) I still got this like riding a bike. Yeah, definitely. So four years away from the game, you didn't go to the gym and shoot or play and pick up or, or play at American. But did you watch the NBA? Did you watch college basketball? Or did you just cold turkey like basketball is out of my life? It was pretty cold turkey and and maybe a little bit NBA here and there. But yeah, I guess that was the only way that I could kind of get over it because I had to learn how to love basketball differently, you know, not as the player anymore. And so I'm really grateful that I I figured out how to and now it's like such a big part of my life again. Um, but yeah, it was hard for me for sure. I mean, before we came on the show, Tom Brady announced that he's retiring and it just occurred to me, Rachel, 
when LeBron, he didn't retire in 2010 in, in the decision, but as someone who grew up outside of Akron, Ohio. Yo, that was the worst segue that you you could have just gone with. Like, hey, what was that like? Why did you go with Tom Brady as a segue in there? I was getting there, I mean. Thanks, asshole. Make it make sense. <laughs> there are a lot of Patriots fans right now that are really angry that he didn't mention the Patriots in his goodbye, like in his appreciation letter on Instagram, that Tom Brady thanked all the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like the owners, uh, his personal coach, like all this stuff. And he completely left the New England Patriots out of it, the Crafts, the the Pats, his former teammates. And I feel like there's a lot of same energy coming from New England that in, when LeBron left Cleveland, it was it's not that he left. It's the way he left. And I'm wondering for you, Rachel, when LeBron James decided to take his talent to South Beach, where were you in your life and how did you receive that news as someone who played hoop and, and idolized LeBron James coming out of Akron? Okay, so if you guys have ever been to Akron, there's not much there and i'm okay so you have been i saw that. okay i mean eyes like, we're making plans amin and i are going to go to cleveland for the all-star weekend and uh so amin is sketching out some places to see i one year in cleveland my flight got canceled and so american airlines is like well can you get to akron because there's a flight leaving from akron to chicago yeah it's a small airport there yeah it's a greyhound station like, I've never seen an airport where, first of all, from from beyond security, like from outside, from the curb, I could look through and I could see the plane. I swear to God, I went through ticketing, to security, to the gate. Isn't that a feature, not a bug? Tom, it's the weirdest thing where, like, you walk out the gate and it's like, it's not like a jetway. It's just like a door and you're outdoors and there's the plane. Go on, get on up. I'm like, okay, yeah, man, why not? That's kind of like Burbank Airport, though. I, you know what? I don't think I've ever flown out of Burbank. Okay. Yeah, because you're not cool I was like, enough. Because that's in Los Angeles, you know. No one's gonna that's make fun of Burbank. But yeah, did you make it out of Akron though? I did make it out of Akron, thankfully. <laughs> Northeast Ohio, Ohio in general, yeah. All right, Maze, are you a cook? Do you like to cook? Get in the kitchen and get your hands dirty? I've been known to pack my knives, Tom. I slice and dice. I saute. I flambe. I do it all. See, this is the real irony of me being obsessed with Top Chef is I am not a chef. I am not a cook. Kevin's the chef. He's the one asking all the contestants, hey, like, I need a little tip about how to sous vide this, or do you recommend grilling? Or like, what do I do with shiitake mushrooms, right? I have a wonderful wife who is the chef, the cook. And I got to tell you something, Maze. I was a little worried about these delivery meals or home delivery meals because I love my wife's from scratch cooking. But we've got two kids. I've got the NBA coming on at 7, 7.30 at night. I need things to be fast and I need low maintenance meals that taste great. And HelloFresh, let me tell you something about HelloFresh. HelloFresh has been a lifesaver with these two little gremlins running around the house because every minute is precious to getting a good meal onto the table. We like to have high quality ingredients, like to taste really good. You don't want to always do the whole like frozen food, throw it in the microwave. HelloFresh is so good, man. Have you had HelloFresh before, Maze? I love HelloFresh because just like you said, Tom, cooking is great. I love cooking. There's nothing better than a well-cooked meal, but the time commitment is serious. You got to get the right amount of ingredients. You got to go to the store. You got to prep all the ingredients. You got to get it going. And with HelloFresh, they cut that down so much. Meals are ready in around 30 minutes or less. They even have quick and easy meals, 20-minute recipes, low prep, easy cleanup. They're my favorite. It's an even faster route to putting food on the table, Tom. Takeout is kind of messy because, you know, when you get takeout, you never know what you're going to get in terms of temperature. And then you got to throw it in the oven to heat it up or throw it into the microwave to heat up. No, the time it takes to get your HelloFresh going, before you know it, it's over. And it tastes great and it's hot and it's ready and it's fresh. The other thing is it's so much more affordable. And so everyone's penny pinching a little bit more these days because we're in a pandemic, especially when you have kids and you have a cat like yourself, you're spending a lot of money on taking care of your kids and childcare and cat care. 
So with HelloFresh, it is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. I'm Tom Haverstrow, and you're watching The Big Number. So not only are you saving time, but you're saving money. You can save on average over $65 per month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping, which is such a chore. To actually go through the aisle with your kids running around, it's an absolute madhouse. Like I lose my kid on average probably three times a month by just going to the grocery store. It is a child hazard to go to the grocery store because you never know what happens. It's just so confusing. You don't know where they are. You're so focused on what things you got on your list, what you didn't get on your list. And before you know it, your kid's eating some cold cuts uh, from behind the counter and she's getting thrown out of the, of, the, uh, of the grocery store. You don't have to worry about any of that. With HelloFresh, it's more money to put towards all of those other very important 2022 goals of yours in this new year. So, Maze, save time, save money, HelloFresh, save your sanity. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Habershow16 and use code Habershow16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Habershow16. It's America's number one meal kit. Hey guys, this is John Campia. Hollywood is having a crazy news cycle this summer. It's Barbie and Oppenheimer. They're breaking records all over the place, while franchises like Mission Impossible and Indiana Jones are coming up way short. The DC Universe is rebooting, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe is shifting focus from Disney Plus shows to the Fantastic Four and X-Men. Filming is mostly shut down because the actors and writers are on strike, but some movies and TV projects are still going forward. Can Barbie catch Mario Brothers to be the number one box office film of the year, and can it be an Oscar contender? What are the can't-miss TV shows Shows coming up streaming this fall. We're covering that and a whole bunch more every weekday on the John Campia Show podcast. Search for John Campia, that's C-A-M-P-E-A, on your podcast app. But yes, it was quite the 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 sightseeing ride on the way to the airport was also fun. I was like, okay, so this is Akron, huh? Yeah, so there's not much there. And so that's why I feel like we all played sports. You know what I mean? Like, I think if I would have grown up in LA or New York, like there's just so much to do. But all we did was like play outside, got into a sport. That's why there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of great like ball players, football players um, who come out of Akron. And so with that, I'm about five years behind LeBron. And we used to go to his games, like as our Friday night, like, you know, thing to do, we'd go to St. V. And then once there was like too many people at St. V, we'd go to Akron U where they start having the games. And so, and then obviously me growing up as a basketball player, like one of the biggest things I took from LeBron was his court vision. Cause I don't know if you guys have seen any clips from him in high school. Like obviously he was like, way more athletic than all of his teammates and was dunking and doing all these things. But he would throw these like behind the back passes, no look passes. He'd hit his teammates in the face with them because he could just see the game unfolding. It was probably like it was going in slow motion for him because of how his brain was working. And so, yeah, all of us who played ball or were sports fans, just this was amazing that this was happening in our small town, you know, and then him going to Cleveland. It's also like, this is a win for our city, for our state. So when he leaves, you know, we're like, well, <laughs> now what, <laughs> you know? And I think a lot of people don't oh, look, man. a lot of people don't look at it through the lens of like the business decision that's going behind it, or there is like just a lot of emotion behind it. And even me and myself, I'm like, well, that just sucks. You know, that was the biggest thing. I never like hated him for it, but it definitely sucked. Sure. Did you burn his jersey and all that? No. <laughs> no. See, that's good because, like, I I actually got my job. My my big break in my career was when LeBron James took his talents to South Beach. ESPN hired me to go follow him and cover the Miami Heat uh, in Miami, and so. I was, I'd never been in an NBA locker room, but what I couldn't believe about LeBron James is like when you were in an interview with him at his locker, you could ask him about a game four years ago in the third quarter, this happened. And he'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamaria Moon hit me with a pass and then uh, Mo Williams kicked it out and then I caught it. And, and he would be able to like encyclopedic knowledge, relive that play just off of random. Like it, it's really, it's not just about the passing. It's just, he has a, a basketball mind that like is be- beyond me. I have, I've never, I've never had another athlete who can have that encyclopedic knowledge and recall like LeBron. But I think that's something to take account 
and for how many years that he's played as well because the the greats like him and and like Kobe they know how to pick their spots in the game and when they can like they're not on a hundred the whole time and I think it takes like a solid basketball IQ to understand when when to go when to hold back when to pass when to do this and you know how many years has he been playing now Year 19, according to his Instagram. Okay, 19. Hashtag yeah. year 19. So nearly 20. Hashtag wash king. Yeah. Hashtag still doing it. Right. Hashtag just a kid from Akron. He also used to have a basketball camp in Akron that was really cool. So all of the best teams would come through. So I used to run scoreboard for those camps. They, they weren't camps. They were tournaments, like the LeBron James tournament. And they would have it's a different- It's five-star, but or- Yeah. It's it like a five-star camp. So I got to actually watch both of Michael Jordan's sons play. They both came through, and that was pretty cool. And they both came through with you know their little entourage and stuff. <laughs> but you know, as a a sophomore, junior in high school, that was just like cool to see. Have you ever met LeBron James? No, that's one player I haven't, which is crazy, right? Wow, really? I've met Maverick. I've I've met Brandon. Like I've I've met like people surrounding him. I've had meetings with his production company and stuff. But yeah, it's one one person I have not met in person. Because working as as the NBA 2K TV host, you got to interview like KD and Mello and and so on and so forth. But you never got a chance to meet LeBron in that format, I guess. Nope, never. Is it crazy? Like LeBron and Carmelo are playing on the same team in LA. Does, do, I mean, do you ever stop yourself and just think about that sentence? Is that LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony are playing for the Lakers in 2022? Again, the big joke was like, yo, get in a time machine and go back, not even too long, go 10 years ago and say, hey, man, uh, what if I told you LeBron and Carmelo and Dwight Howard and Russell Westbrook and Rondo are all going to be on a team together and nobody's hurt. They're all like healthy. Oh, and Anthony Davis was the number one pick that year and Anthony Davis. And for the most part, they're all going to be kind of kind of sort of healthy. Uh but there's just going to be a 500 team at best. Like, you're like, no way. That's that's impossible. Or you'd say, okay, are they playing for the Knicks? Right? <laughs> if you yeah. tell me all those guys are playing together and are like a 500 team, like sounds like a Nick kind of situation. So, yeah, man, it, it's weird. It's a weird situation for, for, for that to happen. But also, again, like two of those dudes are in their 19th year. Another one is in his 18th year. Like, I keep telling people, man, like, unless you bring in a, a time machine with you, it's hard to say, like, oh, yeah, this this is really going to work out great. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of like a, a slope, right? Like, you want to be young and athletic, but you don't know much. But then as you keep playing, you know more and more. And then you hit this peak where you're like, my knowledge is peak and my athleticism is peak. And then it starts going down. It's like, I'm learning more, but I can do less and less. And right now the Lakers have a team of guys on this part of the slope, so that makes it hard. Um, how did you, how did you end up at Two K TV? So they saw my YouTube videos. <laughs> so after college, I like fell into YouTube. Obviously, I, I went to school for broadcast journalism, and so I I kind of knew just like the traditional TV route. Accidentally fell into YouTube, got destroyed in my comments because I was talking like a news broadcaster. <laughs> On YouTube, right? Hi, it's Rachel Demita here in Cleveland, Ohio. Exactly. Cleveland yeah. rocks, yes. <laughs> so, um, but I feel like that was a blessing because I learned how to kind of mix the two. So I used, you know, the polished side that I learned and how to write scripts and how to, you know, hopefully speak my best, but then make it casual. Like I was sitting in my living room just chatting with friends. Um, and so I started working you know, after I picked up a ball and started doing different things, I started working with a lot of the brands. So like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, East Bay. And I was doing, I was actually doing internal interviews for them. So I would interview their athletes, but no one would ever see it. It was like, you know, Damian Lillard. Really? Like media prep for them? So like Damian Lillard would drop a shoe, right? And I would go do like a 30 minute interview with him. And then they just use it for internal. But I got a lot of practice that way. Like I interviewed John Wall, Derek Rose, um, and then a lot of the high school players as well. So I'd work with Ball's Life and Hoop Mixtape. This is. I don't know what that means. I mean, 
I don't know what that means. Use it for internal, Rachel. What does that mean? So they would just send it, like Adidas would just use it for their own like company. Like they would send it to, you know, whoever's at the top and they would watch it, what he was saying about the shoes. To what purpose? I don't get it. I don't know. I guess it helped their company with something. Okay. All I know is that they were never published. So I was working as like an Adidas whatever. They would just hire me to do that. How'd you get in with that? Like, how'd they find, or is it just you posting your stuff on YouTube and they said, hey, do you want to do this? No. So actually the most random thing. So Nike was doing this skills challenge and you could submit on Twitter. And so I submitted and then won. It was girls and guys. There was a girl and a guy winner. And I won. We had like two days of all of these different challenges. There was like one-on-one, there was shooting, there was like strength and endurance. There's all these things. So we were all competing and I ended up winning. And then I started working with Nike. So then I feel like after people were seeing my Nike stuff, then my name just kind of started getting out there, you know, and it's like a, it's a small world in itself, the basketball space, the community. But then I was doing stuff with Ball is Life and Hoop Mixtape. And I was just kind of just getting out there and meeting everybody. And then that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. And then 2K saw that they actually reached out to Ball is Life for my contact information. <laughs> and, and then I got on the phone with them one day and they're like, yeah, we have this crazy idea to put a TV show in our video game and we'd love for you to audition. I was like, well, that sounds cool. Yeah. Like, let's do it. That's fire. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, man. Were you a 2K player at all? No. Prior to this opportunity? I mean, a couple of times, but I- I've never been that great at 2K. The only reason I was decent was because I know where to be on the basketball court and I know what certain players are supposed to do and how they do better than others. Like my IQ is there, but the controls, I was never that great. And some of the people that play, I mean, they play like 40 to 60 hours a week. So I could never right, compete. Right. Um, but I knew obviously like how just part of the basketball culture it was, like how important it was to basketball. Rachel, this is a national podcast. I know you spoke to the Pelicans, local Pelicans podcast about what you're doing with Caesar Sports. And I know you kind of gave them a little tease about what you're doing, but I want you to break for the national audience here on this podcast, break for the national audience, what you're going to be doing, make the announcement to a national audience. Hold on, why are you shitting on this poor little Pelicans podcast, man? <laughs> you just shit you know, like, saying poor little. So, what, this bully. Yeah, this you bully just did it too. Here, I was just saying, you know, they they <laughs> announced it to their local Caesars, you know, the hair the is there in, in New Orleans, but that's a local broadcast, right? So I'm wondering, Rachel, would you be willing to break some news here on a national platform like the Haber Show with Amin El Hassan, produced by Anthony Mays? what your partnership with Caesar Sports is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm <laughs> – we have cheers, applause in the background. Okay. Yeah, I am working with Caesar Sports. It was a cool opportunity. So I met with them back in August. I was 30 minutes late for my meeting because my red-eye flight to New York was delayed. So I thought I absolutely blew it and there was no way be working together. But in that 15 minutes that we had left of time to chat, um, creatively – we just kind of understood each other and they were telling me their plans, you know, for this year to really amp up the content side of things. And they wanted to build out this team of talent and creators. And I didn't know that the Manning family or JB Smoove or Halle Berry was coming on board, but I was like, (laughs) okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we are working on a lot of different social media content. I have a new series called over under that's coming out where I kind of, test my skills on the court or beyond. And I set the line for like how many shot attempts it, it will take me, how many points I can get in this certain game. So there's a lot of different challenges. We shot a few of the episodes on the Smoothie King Center court. So that was cool, the Pelicans Arena. And we have our next shoot at MSG as well because Caesars has partnerships with MSG and um, the Pelicans. So, yeah, and we'll be doing some stuff at Super Bowl as well. I'm actually playing in Kenny Main's flag football game, Super Bowl oh, week, which I'm super okay. excited about because I've never played in a flag football game. <laughs> but we'll be creating some content there as well. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to come. So are you like me in that I don't really know much about gambling until a couple of years ago, and now as it's gotten bigger, we've all kind of had to learn yeah. The jargon and learn the lingo and all that stuff. Or were you kind of out here making bets on the side 
your entire life. Well, I think there was always something like a little taboo about sports betting, like mm-hmm. five, 10 years ago, but now it has been something, obviously it's just a way to get more involved in whatever sport that you're watching. And that's how I've learned to understand it. And obviously we do like even little bets that weren't even through an app or whatever with friends, you know, of who's going to win and and those sorts of things. But as I've done more content in this space, like I've gotten more interested in as well. And I won both of my bets during the Pelicans Boston game that I sat courtside for. Nice. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of chicanery that can, and shenanigans that can happen when you're setting the lines and also participating in it for her own stuff. Like, like, Oh Oh, no, no, no. My over under is going to be nine shots to make this layup. (laughs) Yeah. She's saying she's setting the lines and seeing how well she does. No, no, no. I set the line for myself in my series over under, but for the actual game. Oh no, no. Yeah. Don't put it out there that I'm like tampering. Jesus. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Wait a second. You're telling me Rachel Demita's the one sent all these lines in this game? I put $500,000 on this right? game. Man, I would have. She out here just messing around. <laughs> so you're a shooter. So like a lot of these are going to be revolved around just long distance or how many I can make in a row, like that sort of thing. Yeah. So one of the episodes, actually, I sat in the seat that I was courtside for the game for and shot from there. I feel like it's a lot of core. Oh, man. I mean, have you tried to shoot from a seated position? Have you ever played horse? Come on, man. Right. <laughs> That's all we do is shoot like bullshit ass shots, man. All right, now you're lying down on the Sorry, court. I wasn't part <laughs> okay. of an NBA team with Shaq and and Steve Nash and Steve Kerr. Was that when I was in high school, man. That was like that was like I it always kills me when I watch people play horse and they're taking real shots. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, now I'm gonna take a left wing three. I'm like, that's not horse. No, that's the strategy though for horse. Listen, if you want to win horse, you have to shoot back to back mid range shots that you know that you can make just to get them to H O R H O R S. This is what I do. And then I throw something crazy. So it kind of, you kind of mess with people. You lull them into a false sense of Mm -hmm. I can do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you have to keep control of the ball. So that's why you shoot multiple. That's what I do. Multiple mid range shots. Oh, got you. And then I'll throw in like a left-handed something. I would always do the opposite. I would do a shit ton of crazy shots. And then I'd be like, all right, make this uh, flat footed jump shot. Like, a little bit inside the free throw line. Okay. <laughs> and, and like people, because people were so used to like, okay, now I got to shoot behind my back. Like, nope, just a regular shot like this. Or make this bank shot from like right here about 15 feet out. And people would fucking lose their mind because it's just like, wait a second. You don't want to roll on the ground first and jump in 360 and blindfold? And, oh, man, that's, that to me, that's horse. Horse is the bullshit shots above everything. Above everything, man. Or, or the one, you know, the one that used to get me all the time, like, Without fail, like, yeah, you might as well just give me the letter. The ones where you're standing behind the backboard. Oh, I love that yeah. shot. Especially if you're playing somewhere where it's like in those gyms where the backboard's hanging from the ceiling. So you got all that structure in the way. As soon as they say behind the backboard, I'm like, all right, let's go ahead and get this letter real it's quick. A wrap. I can't do it. I can't do it. I just don't. I'm either hitting the stuff or it's going all the way over. I just don't have the touch to get the arc just right you you good at that shot Rachel yeah I'll have to send you guys a video where I made like six in a row from behind the backboard yo I hate you I love that <laughs> shot it's like that's simple you just you do have to just get it going straight up and you have to have a good yeah, back spin on it too yeah oh yeah see now I, see it means like gonna t- be taking notes here now I know I can't I can't lose control of the ball but if, if I play Rachel or horse I gotta be making every <laughs> single shot because if I if I miss one, she's going to go behind the backboard and then it's, it's murder she wrote. Let me ask you this. Do you play, can you shoot the same shot twice? In horse? I don't like, I don't like to, no. Yeah, me neither. I'm like, yo. You, it's just boring that way. There's some people who just go back to back. They just keep doing that same shot. I play with people so you can't shoot it back to back. So if you make it, you got to shoot something else before you come back to it. I'm team, yo, let's, let's see the creativity fly. Same. Speaking of which, the real question I have is knockout. Are you do you allow bumping and knockout, or do you just play knockout straight up? I think knockout is anything goes. Yeah, yeah. So if the ball comes at you, you can bump. The thing with knockout is like make your first shot and you don't have to worry about it. You know what I mean? 
but people get very upset when we you play knockout and then there's there's bumping allowed and like it just gets a lot more nasty you know like it's super uber competitive where if someone you know misses and then bumps the ball you know it, into the hallway you're 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 screwed you're screwed <laughs> don't miss but the point don't is miss. you make the shot and then you don't have to yeah you don't have to deal with all that yeah Maze is saying it's Maze, called knockout it's so called it's knockout. the point yeah yeah that's true <laughs> Hey, Rachel, I have some Tom's trivia here. We do on this show uh, a little game with our guest, um, play a little trivia game show, and Amin's going to play along as well. You down? Yeah, but I'm nervous. What kind of trivia is this? All right. So you're from Ohio. Yeah. The pride of what? Barberton? Barberton, Ohio? That's where I was born, yeah. Stand up, Barberton. <laughs> fried chicken capital of the world. Look it oh, up. Oh, okay. Let's go. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> the what capital? Fried chicken. It's weird, right? Fried chicken? No way. No chance. Not a shot. Okay, so yes. And and the reason is, so there's this thing called Chicken and JoJo's. Have you guys ever had JoJo's? No. No. Knew it. It's it's such a like an Akron Barberton. So there's a plate, Chicken and JoJo's. And there's a lot of um, Serbian and Bosnian people who came to Barberton. And it's like a special way that they like created that dish. And it's really good. It's 45 minutes away from Cleveland. When I'm at Cleveland All-Star. Should I go to Barberton for the chicken? You should go to Swenson's firstly, and then, yeah, go to Belgrade's for some chicken. Are you guys fact-checking me? All right, so Barberton chicken. Here we go. It is a distinctive Serbian-American style of fried chicken, okay? So I didn't even know the Serbians were getting down with the fried chicken until right now. (laughs) But here are the basic tenets of Barberton chicken. They're simple, yet strictly adhered to, okay? Don't mess around. True Barberton chicken is fresh, never frozen. It's pretty straightforward, but fresh, never frozen. Number two, neither the chicken nor the breading is seasoned with anything. What? Hold on, what? This sounds terrible. (laughs) Number three, the birds are fried in lard. Okay. Number four, the cut of the bird is different from usual. Birds are cut into many pieces including breasts, thighs, legs, wings, drumettes, and backs. So all of the parts of the chicken. This is probably rooted in the Great Depression when creating the most pieces per chicken without yielding any waste was necessary. The backs actually yield little meat and are sometimes marketed as chicken ribs for their passing resemblance to beef or pork ribs. (laughs) I'm going to say right now, these descriptions are not (laughs) the The no seasoning and fried and lard back to back was uh, that's a feature. It's a choice. It's a choice. <laughs> not gonna knock it till I try it. All right. Kind of knock it. Jojos are fantastic, though. Jojos are the potatoes that come with it. The best like potato wedges you'll ever have. Are you allowed to have salt and pepper on those potatoes, or are we outlawing any sort of seasoning no. on the potatoes too? No seasoning, Tom, <laughs> and they must be fried and lard. Okay, so I'm vegan now. But when I was a kid, I just used ketchup with everything. So that was kind of my only seasoning for it. But I don't know. We are kind of famous for the chicken. It's very random, but that's just one of the things. And then Swenson's, if you want, like that's our famous burger place. And everybody loves Swenson's. Yeah. LeBron loves that. Like he, he, when he goes back, he's got to get his Swenson's burger. Yeah. Probably Galley Boy or something. Yeah. Oh, all right. Trivia. (laughs) I'm really torn up about this unseasoned famous chicken from, uh, from Akron, Ohio. Um, for, or so Barberton. Okay. You grew up like 10, 15 minutes from St. V. Mm -hmm. The question is who did LeBron James pass? As the all-time NBA scorer, all-time most points scored from someone who went to high school in Ohio. Wait, what? Who is the NBA all-time leading scorer for someone who went to high school in Ohio? So LeBron James is number one, but who did he pass? Right. Who's number two in terms of all the all the players who went to high school in Ohio? So can we be team on this and come up with the answer together? Because I'm going to need your assistance. I got you. Let's do it, Rachel. Okay, great. It doesn't have to be like one of the, even the top 10. No. Because you could have passed them at any point. Just start thinking of the greatest basketball players from Ohio. From Ohio. Larry Nance. I always think of him. You know what I'm thinking about? about isn't Havlicek from Ohio? He went to Ohio State. I'm going to go with Havlicek. Havlicek? Havlicek? Is it Havlicek, Tom? Wait, wait, Rachel. This was a team sport, right? And you're already running with Havlicek? Like, don't you want to confer with Rachel here? 
Does this sound right to you? I don't even know who that is. I'm sorry. I don't even know who that is. He's an Ohio boy. Ohio State, right? Didn't he go to Ohio State? Hmm. He went to Ohio State. But I don't know what I don't know if he's from Ohio though. That's the thing. Like I almost said Oscar Robertson, but then I was like, no, no, no. He he's from Indiana. He went to high school in Indiana. There's this one other I can't think of his name. I'm not that great with like old school players. So if this guy's pretty old school. Well, Charles Oakley, he went to John Hay in Cleveland. Yeah, but Oakley not. Oakley's number seven on this list. Wow. Number six is Jim Jackson. Played at McComer and Whitney in Toledo. Number five is your boy Ron Harper from Dayton, Ohio. Went to Kaiser. Ron Harper, when I went to Akron. I saw him at the airport. Cool. He was, he was dropping like, somebody off at that airport. He was yeah, like was the like, one of the 30 people that were there. Yeah. <laughs> 30. Over under of 30 people at the Akron, Ohio airport at any one time. Exactly. Brought to you by Caesars Palace. Number four is Jerry Lucas. High school city was Middleton. High school, Middleton. At number three, Nate Thurman from Akron, Ohio. Went to Central. And number two all time with LeBron James, number one, number two all time, John Havlicek. Nando, there you go. Oh, good job. Yeah. I didn't even know he was from Ohio. I know he went to Ohio State, but I just figured back then people just went to college. No one went out of state. What year did he play? He retired in like 1977. Okay. How was I supposed to know that? Come on, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, Tom. Supposed to know everybody from Ohio, Rachel. That's why we're a team. Rachel, you're supposed to know everybody from Ohio. Right. <laughs> Debuted uh, in the NBA in 1962, the great Hondo, 13-time All-Star, eight-time NBA champion, John Havlicek. But the thing is about him is that he was from Bridgeport, Ohio. Do you even know where Bridgeport, Ohio is, Rachel? I do not, actually. It's on the border of West Virginia. So I got to imagine that there's kind of like a a regional pride of like Northwest Ohio. And that's not even Ohio over there, right? It's on the border of Wheeling, West Virginia. Yeah, that's East. And the reason why it's called Bridgeport, Ohio, is because there's a bridge that goes from Wheeling (laughs) to that land. And they just decided in 1810, hey, we're going to call this place Bridgeport. And then John Havlicek made it famous. So real talk. I've been to Bridgeport. One of my my cousin's best friends is from Wheeling, West Virginia. And I remember going to visit them there. And we used to drive across the border into Ohio to go buy like, because that's, they sold liquor in the gas stations. They sold those pre-mixed like, oh, a Moscow mule in a bottle or whatever at the gas stations in Ohio. They didn't do that in West Virginia. And so we used to go back and forth there. I haven't thought about this in like a hundred years. So you've been wow. to Bridgeport but and you've been to Akron. <laughs> I've been to Bridgeport. I've been to Akron. <laughs> He's a man of the world, Rachel. <laughs> I've see. never been to Columbus. Columbus is probably the best city in Ohio. That's what they say. Yeah. Before we go, are you team Bengals for the Super Bowl? What are, what are we? Absolutely. Who are we riding for? Bengals for sure. So I'm a Browns fan, but. Any Ohio team I'm pulling for, like, oh, we are representing in L.A. Let's do it. I should be there, too. So that'll be fun. That's dope. That's right. You're going to be there for, for work purposes, but that's yeah. the best. You said, you said you never played flag football before. I haven't. You know what the, the trick to flag football is? Yeah, give me it. You got to hit somebody early yeah. and just be like, <laughs> oops, my bad. And then they know, like, oh, she's a little. It's a lot of, like, retired NFL guys that are playing. <laughs> that's even better all those guys are in pain mm-hmm. and they got that like what's a karate kid take sweep the leg like just take out their knees mm-hmm. they're not gonna mess with you after that you just gotta do it once and then everyone's gonna respect you after that you're gonna come across catching no one's gonna touch you perfect yeah i just want one touchdown that's what i'm hoping for aim higher two touchdowns over under three two and a half two and a half are you setting the line yeah, we have to set the line for that. So we were thinking about doing an episode for that game of Over Under with Caesars. So got to. What do you guys think? What should I set the line at for catches? Oh, that's like two and a half. I would say two and a half. If you're playing with other other players, I think you got to give yourself a little bit of cushion here. So I would say catches two and a half. Okay, I'm taking the over. Yeah, bang the over on that. Nice. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Do you know who the other non-football players who are going to be playing are? Please don't say Bieber. Non-football? 
No, I know Kenny will. Wait, Rachel, is this a Haber Show exclusive right here? I just want to make sure, Maze, we have the right sound for this. Yeah, this is breaking news. That Kenny Main is going to be playing in the Kenny Main flag football game. I mean, sure. Yeah, I don't know if it's announced yet. Hopefully, I'm allowed to say it. I don't have the full <laughs> list of talent, but I do know that they they do have some NFL legends coming. If Chad Ochocinco's playing, here's what you need to know. All you got to do is tell him McDonald's on me, and that's it. That's it? You know, like, that. he eats McDonald's every day. You guys know oh, that? Oh, I didn't know. No, I didn't know he that. Eats Every single day of his life. He credits it for like him being in great shape and stuff. That's funny. It's amazing. I'm just going to bring some fries to the game. But no seasoning. <laughs> JoJo's potatoes <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Shipping in some JoJo's from Akron. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, guys, one more thing. Can I can I make another exclusive? <gasps> yes. That I'm yes. super excited yes. about? My podcast slash YouTube series is launching soon. It's called The Courtside Club. And I'm really excited about it. Amazing. Amazing. Can we come on at some point? You have to. Yeah. Can we do a home and a home? That was part of this deal. I don't know if you didn't get the memo. Yeah. You didn't read your contract, Tom? <laughs> oh, I blew that one. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're, we'll do, we'll be on. When's it going to be launching? Do you know? Launch date? February. I don't know the exact date yet, but we have the first three episodes filmed. We're filming the next two this week. So once we kind of get all, all of our ducks in a row, we will be launching. It's been something that I've had the idea for, for honestly, like two years, but this is the time that we finally went for it. So it's going to be cool. Wherever you get podcasts. This has been awesome, Rachel. I want, I want people to find wherever you are on all your platforms. So can you let them know the details where they can get all of your content? Yes. So you guys can follow me on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, at R-A-Demita, R-A-D. E-M-I-T-A. And you can also look out for any of my Caesars content at Caesar Sports. I think that's about it. I'll have some announcements soon. I host a show with the NBA on Twitter spaces called The Rising Stars Report. So that's once a month every Thursday. So be on the lookout for that too. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you for taking some time to, to go over some uh, unseasoned chicken with us <laughs> and to talk about horse strategy. I really appreciate your generosity there. Of course, you guys got it. At, at All Star, you're going to have to do a special podcast just reviewing food and different things in Ohio. Amin's thrilled, you can tell, just by looking at him, how excited he is to try all of the weather. Ohio's delicacies. The weather.